turn with me, please, to John chapter number 3. Very familiar reading in our text this morning. Very familiar preaching and the message this morning. But I want to be faithful to deliver the message of the Lord. And this is what God has laid on our hearts for the meeting today. It's the most important message that can be preached. It is the most important sermon that I'll ever preach in my lifetime. Partially because it's the only one that I have. Uh, tomorrow's message may never come. Yesterday's has already been delivered. Right now is the only one that I have. And, uh, but also because the subject matter we deal with this morning is of the utmost importance. It is the most important thing to know in this life. If you never know how to uh, create an atomic bomb, if you never know how to perform brain surgery, if you never know how to send a rocket into outer space, it'll make very little difference in eternity or in time. But what I'm preaching about this morning is of the utmost importance that every person must know. And uh, this, is the, uh, this is the essence of the gospel we are reading from John chapter number 3. If you found your place, if you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of the word of the Lord. John chapter number 3, I want to get directly into the reading and the preaching. And I'll be no longer this morning than what I believe the Holy Ghost would have us to preach in the message today. John chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, There was a man of the Pharisees that named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that which we do know, and testify that which we have seen, and we receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man ascendeth up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And... As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You can be seated this morning. Thank you so graciously for standing with us while read the word of the Lord. I want to preach to the Lord being our helper this morning out of this portion of the word of God on the new birth. The new birth or being born again. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. It was said of George Whitfield that he preached more, it was recorded that he preached more than 3,000 times. Recorded more than 3,000 times on this portion of scripture simply preaching, you must be born again. A newspaper reporter asked him one day, he said to Brother Whitfield, said that we have it recorded over 3,000 times that you have preached on, you must be born again. Why do you so often take this text? Why do you preach so much? Why is it so terribly often that you preach you must be born again? With a grin on his face and uh, with a bit of a expression in his, uh, in his eyes, Brother Whitfield looked back at the reporter and said, Sir, simply because ye must, ye must be born again. If it is a must, if it is a necessity, if it is a certainty that you must be born again, then it is imperative upon the preacher of the gospel to declare the truth of the need of the new birth. Nicodemus is a man that has everything that you could ever want, but something is still missing in his life. Nicodemus is a religious man. He is a respected man. He is a man of riches. And yet he is a man that needs to be reborn. He needs a new birth in his life. Something was missing, and what was missing is the single greatest truth in the gospel. And I want to go back to something I said a few months ago. I've been saying repeatedly since. And if the Lord will help me, I'm going to preach it from now on until it tears me on to heaven. It is Nicodemus came to the reality that he is not okay as he is. Even though I'm rich, even though I'm religious, even though I have uh, a respect of others, I have a need to be reborn. You're not okay as you are. The best you can do is not good enough. Uh, your your wealth is not enough. Your righteousness is not enough. Uh, the respect of others is not enough. There is uh, no religious work that is enough. You are not enough on your own. You cannot do enough on your own. You are not okay as you are. What did he need? Jesus told him what he needed. Ye must be born again. I appreciate the way the Lord communicated with the Lord uh, with this man Nicodemus in verse number three when he begins his communication. He says, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see, he cannot see the kingdom of God." Verse number five, he says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God." And then he finally gets to verse number seven, and it seems like he's trying to lead a Nicodemus us along except a man except a man except a man and he cannot and he cannot but then when he gets to verse to seven he looks at the eyes of old nicodemus and he says marvel not that i say unto thee i'm talking to you nicodemus it's not just that a man can't get right with god it's not just that the world can't get see the kingdom of heaven without being born again you, Nicodemus, Mr. Rich Man, Religious Man, Respected Man, I'm Righteous Man, you cannot get to heaven except you are born again. I marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. 
This morning, it is not everybody that just needs to be saved. It's you. It's not everybody that needs to be born again. And my friend, it is you. You must be born again. You are not okay as you are. You need the Lord Jesus. If you've never been saved by God's marvelous grace, if you've never had a new birth in your life, if you've never had a fresh start produced by a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you must be born again. You can come up in church. You can uh, sit on the pew. You can listen to the preacher. Uh, my friend, you can say amen and nod your head like a bobblehead doll. Uh, and say uh, and assent to every truth of the gospel. But if you will not personally trust Christ as your Savior, receive Him into your life, you will never make heaven your home. A man cannot see, he says, the kingdom of God in verse number 3. Cannot enter into the kingdom of God in verse number 5. Ye must be born again in verse number 7. And this is why Jesus came in verse 16. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Lord Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. But if you don't believe in the only begotten of the Father, you are already condemned. You're already standing on the broken commandments of a sin avenging God. Standing in need of a Savior can never be born again of your own works or deeds or abilities. You must be born again. Born of the Spirit. Born of above. Born from heaven. Born with a new birth, born to be new in Christ, born to be a new creature, born to be changed, converted, to have my friend different, and to be new in Christ. That's the God's purpose in us. Amen. And listen, not a one of us in here, I'm going to tell you something real profound that all of you already knows, not a one of us in here did anything in the world to be born into this life. I mean, none of us did anything to be born in this life. It happened to us. How we all came into this world without necessarily asking to. I mean, that's right, isn't it? And you were all born and naked and barefooted. And every one of you were born not according to your own will. And my friend, you were born because it is something that happened to you. Your new birth is much the same way. I don't mean that it comes against your will, but I mean that it does not come because of your will. You cannot will yourself to being a Christian. You can't decide, I'm going to be good enough to be a child of God. You cannot assent in your mind and say, I will become a child of God. I will go to heaven. I will do good enough. I will become good enough. I will achieve enough. It does not happen. If you're born again, you'll have to be born from above. If you have a new birth, it'll have to be by the will of God and not by the will of man. If you'll be birthed into the family of God, it will be something that God, the Holy Ghost, works in you and not something you work in your sound. It is not of works. It is of the grace of God. Not of works as any man should boast. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. We work because He hath birthed us by His grace into His family. We don't work to get in His family. We work because we are in His family this morning. And the new birth must take place in your life. Now really this morning I really only want to give you three things and then a few things about 
about those three things. We want to talk first this morning about the must of the new birth. Secondly, the mystery of the new birth. And we'll finish this morning with the means of the new birth. The must, the mystery, and the means of the new birth. Let's look at the must of the new birth this morning. Verse number 1, the Bible said there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles which thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now this is very interesting to me. Nicodemus didn't ask the Lord Jesus, how do I see the kingdom of God? He just comes to him and says, we know you're a teacher come from God. You work great miracles. We've seen it. We know that you do it. And Jesus skips over everything that Nicodemus just said to butter him up. And he does not address one of those things. And instead he goes right towards his heart and said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? And Nicodemus, you think I'm a rabbi. You think I'm a teacher that's come from God, but you're blinded. You can't see what I really am. You can't see that I'm here to save sinners. Hey, and you need God to do a supernatural work in your life in a new birth. A new birth. Then in verse number 7, he says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The word must is the word that stands out. Ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. This is a divine imperative. Ye must. Why must a man be born again? I mean, why can he not simply sit yogi style up on a mountain and hum and think and concentrate and meditate until he finds himself? Why can he not offer some good work or maybe a lamb or blood or whatever on the sacrifice on the altar and get to heaven that way? Why can he not grow out a sprout of hair on the top of his head as they do in certain religious beliefs? My friend, then they pray to their God and he supposedly reaches down and grabs them by that knot of hair on top of their head and raptures them out by it. I mean, why do these things not work? Why is being a born again? Why is a new birth necessary? What is it that makes a new birth different than everything else? Why I've become a member of the church preacher? I have been baptized. I like the crowd. This is a baptized. I'm not baptized, but baptized. I have been baptized. I have gone to church. I shook the preacher's hand. I have become a Baptist or a Methodist or a Pentecost or a Presbyterian or a Catholic. My friend, I have done these things. I painted a little thing on my forehead during Lent. I have done all of the things of the religious rituals that religion would call for. And yet Jesus said, you must must be born again. Why is the new birth an imperative? Why is the new birth unnecessary? Oh, it's a new birth is a must because a man's undeniable evil. You see, you're going to need a new start. You're going to need a rebirth. You're going to need a new life because man is undeniably evil. You may not think of yourself as a sinner this morning, but neither did Nicodemus. I'm really I'm a leader, he says. The Bible told us that he was. He was a ruler of the Jew of Israel, master in Israel. 
According to verse number 10, Art thou a master in Israel? The Bible said he was a ruler of the Jews in verse number 1. That is, he is one of religious position among them. He may not have thought of himself as a sinner, but he was. You see, he was a Jew. He was of the chosen race. He was a ruler. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was one of only 71 in the whole nation that belonged to this special class of religious persons. He, my friend, was elite in the people of God. He was among the most religious of the religious. He was among the most moral of the moral. And yet Jesus shuddered not to look him in the eye and say, Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. Hear me, church member that sat on the pew all of your life. You'll not go to heaven because you're a Baptist. You'll not go to heaven because you're a member of this church. You'll not go to heaven because Papa or Daddy or Uncle this or that was a preacher. You'll not go to heaven because you sat in the Sunday school class or because you went through the baptismal pool. Hey, you'll go to heaven, friend. You'll see the kingdom of God because you have a new birth in your life. It is a must. It is a necessity. Hey, your sinfulness demands it. You need a new start. It's not enough to add Jesus, as it were, as an amendment to your resume as a P.S. approach script to your life. It's not enough, my friend, to list all of your other medals and accomplishments in life and say, oh yes, Jesus is in there too. It's not enough, my friend, to try to include Him. My friend, to what you already are. You need a fresh start. You need God to take and wipe the slate clean. You need Him to remove who you have been and make of you a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have to accept what I I am and who I am is not adequate. Not only is it not adequate, it ain't even right. I don't think right. I don't walk right. I don't talk right. And I'm not right. I don't need God to burst something real and near and right in my heart. Oh, who I am and what I am must be totally transformed into something that will be pleasing unto the Lord. In me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So long as you think you're doing good this morning, you'll likely never get saved. It's when you realize that you're a sinner, that you are lost, that you are guilty, that you are condemned before God. The reason you must be born again is because who you are, the first birth, who you have, the identity you have by the first birth is not adequate. Your identity is with fallen Adam. Your identity is with the human race. You're like all the rest of us, whether you want to admit it or not. And that is, you cannot save yourself. But praise God, Jesus said, that's why I came. God sent forth His Son of the world, and not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He came to make you new, to make you reborn, and to give you new life and a fresh start. And marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. He must be born again. Oh my. He was among the most moral in the nation and yet Jesus reminded him, you need a new start. What you have is not enough. What you have is not okay. Scrap it all. Throw it all away. And be born again. You must be born again. The must of the new birth is because of man's undeniable evil. And the must is because of man's unsatisfied emptiness. You see, there is something in you that will never be satisfied. 
until you are born again. Nicodemus comes to Jesus because with all the riches of religion and the respect, there was still a void in his life. You'll never be satisfied on the inside until you know the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a void, an emptiness in his heart. He had seen Jesus work miracles. How he wanted to know who Jesus was and why he had came. There was a hunger in his heart, a dissatisfaction, and it stirred him to even seek Jesus by night instead of seeking for rest. Oh, I believe there are many reasons why folks say he came to Jesus by night. I believe one reason simply he came to Jesus by night is because he couldn't sleep. Anybody else know how to relate to that? Know that you're not right with God? Know that if the Lord were to come back tonight, that you're not prepared? Know that if you were to die before you wake up, that you'd go to hell? You don't have peace in your heart. You just can't rest. And Nicodemus couldn't sleep. He came to Jesus by night. Hear me, friend. He's a God that never slumbers and never sleeps. He'll listen to your cry in the midst of the night. He hears you when you pray in your heart. His grip with fear. The Lord is familiar with where you are, friend. There was a hunger. There was an unsatisfied emptiness. There was a desire when God made man the garden of Eden. He breathed in his nostrils a breath of life. And man became a living soul. And my friend, everybody can see the body, the outward man. Scientists have learned how to tinker with and to detect the the at least the scientific scientifically measured portions of man's mind and his nervous system the impulses that run through it but there is an element of man where scientists cannot go where the physician cannot go where man and where other men cannot go where mom and dad cannot go only God can access that portion of man there is that soul inside of a man and my friend if you do not feel that soul with Christ there will forever be a void in your life and you'll never really be satisfied until you meet the Lord and there is none that good doeth good there's none that seeketh after God and no not one the scripture says but this is the way it works the songwriter said it this way and he had it right I searched for him and knew not what I searched for I longed for him but I knew not what I longed for then I met Jesus and I knew that I would search no more he filled a longing in my heart didn't know why I was empty I just knew I was empty did not know what that I needed just knew that I needed but praise God Jesus knows what you need you need a new birth you need the indwelling of God you need the Holy Ghost to live down inside of you you must be born again because of man's unsatisfied emptiness you can't drown that emptiness out doesn't matter. Does not matter. And while I'm in on this, I'm gonna get a drink of water. I'm thirsty. I can't preach to twelve thirty this morning if I don't get a drink of water. And uh, and I don't plan to preach twelve thirty, but I do it sometimes. I'll never plan to preach twelve thirty, but it doesn't stop me nothing. The does not matter, friend. You cannot drown out the emptiness that's on the inside. There's not enough bottles of liquor. You can drink till you see the bottom. It will not drown out the emptiness on the inside. 
It does not matter how many times you put the needle in your arm. It will not quieten the cry on the inside for someone to fill the void. You can buy and get and gain and go. And it will not fill up the man on the inside. And nothing can fill that void. Religion cannot silence the cry for God in your life. And good words cannot silence that. There is a void down the inside of man that only Jesus can fill. And He feels it only through the new birth. He feels it only through being born again. If you've never been born again, you can search the world over trying to find something that will satisfy, but you will never find what eternally satisfied the inward part of man. Until you meet Jesus, you can have all the wealth this world has to offer. You can exert yourself in pleasure. You can, my friend, take a time to immerse yourself and labors of life and and my friend good works and good deeds and charitable efforts how you can heap people around you who will try to keep you company you can do everything that you know how to try to fulfill the natural man but the man on the inside cries out and only God can fill the void that's in you and to get that ye must be born again Man must be born again because of his undeniable evil, because of his unsatisfied emptiness. He must be born again because of his unending existence. Because of his unending existence. You realize you were created to be an eternal creature. The Bible said God made man in his image and in his likeness and God is an eternal creature. He made us with the intent to be eternal. And yet he told man in the garden that day that you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall surely die and Adam did eat of it his wife ate of it she took it to him he also did eat and the day that he ate of it he died spiritually and began to die physically and to die eternally amen oh and man's eternal nature demands that he must have a rebirth a new birth oh my friend one way or another this life is going to come to an end but you will not. Your soul will be existent somewhere when the sun, the moon, and the stars have grown cold. You're going to live on somewhere when heaven and earth passes away. Your soul will exist into eternity. The question is, will it exist in eternal bliss with the Lord in heaven? How will it exist eternally separated from God? My friend, in the pits of the fires of hell, you must be born again because of man's unending existence. If you want to see heaven, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven without being born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven without being born again. The unending existence of man's soul says you're going to be somewhere when this world is over with. If heaven's going to be where you are, you must be born again. You must be born again. The must of the new birth. Secondly, we said we're going to talk about this morning the mystery of the new birth. Verse number 4, the Bible says, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
On the side note, I want to say this. While I was a kid, I used to sit on the pew and I'd listen to preachers preach. I don't remember who the specific preacher was. It may have been at Brother Edgar Thomas, but I remember distinctly as a boy sitting in the pew at Victory Baptist Church and hearing how the preacher preached during revival that week and he used this text again and again. I think it was Brother Edgar, but I'm not sure. And he made the statement that uh, Nicodemus was probably 40 years old or older. And he said, can you imagine a 40-year-old man trying to figure out how to be reborn? And as a kid sitting there, I'm thinking, man, if I ever make it to 40 years old, I'll probably already be dead before then. I mean, 40 is about as old as what I could imagine. I mean, Nicodemus is already 40 years old. He hadn't figured this out by then. He's got one foot in the grave and another on the banana peel. That's what I thought as a boy sitting there listening. Brother Edgar talk about somebody 40 years old. That's like four times as old as a 10-year-old. 40 years old. I mean, he's got to be ancient. That's what I was thinking. This morning I'm 44 and it don't sound old at all anymore. And so this morning I don't know how old Nicodemus is, but maybe he is 40 years old. And some of y'all that don't mean nothing, but to them kids, they just heard me say that and they think, wow. may never get that far. 40 years old. Brother Andy... Brother Andy's a little bit on the north side of 40, y'all. At this point in life, it's easy if you look at these little bitties and think about them being a baby one time. Because they still are. I mean, baby Sammy will be called baby Sammy probably until he is 10 years old. And somewhere or another, he'll get sick of it. And he'll say, now look, I ain't a baby no more. Y'all quit calling me baby Sammy. And it probably won't stop until then. I'm 44. I walked in the other day over there at the nursing home to see my granny. First, she thought that I was her husband. She said, oh, Clay is here. And my mother said, no, it's not Clay. It's little Toby. Little Toby is here. And I thought, she looked up at my mother and she said, he no little no more. He looked like a giant. She's only about this tall, see. And so to her, I look like a giant, you know. And she looks up at me like this. When I come in, she tries to hug my neck. She said, little Toby, no little anymore. He's a giant. Oh, listen, it's hard for... Has us to imagine at one time, Brother Randy was a baby. That's been a long time ago. Brother Randy said he'd like to tell you about the day he was born, but it's been a long time ago. And he's forgotten about it. He was real young when that happened. It's hard for us to fathom. Jesus tells a grown man, maybe 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. You've got to go back and start over again. Now I want you to think about this. Physically, of course, this is not possible. How am I going to go back and start over again? How am I going to get to be that size again? I mean, there are times I wished I was that size again. I mean, you know, he thinks he's got all the struggles in the world, gets angry because things don't go his way. Truth is, he got everything handed to him on a silver platter, but he don't know it yet. And when he gets big enough to know it, folks will quit giving it to him and he'll have to earn his way. It's the way this thing works. Logan, ain't going to stop being six foot two. This thing ain't going to stop. You're going to go back to being this tall again. Jesus says the only way you can go to heaven 
is for you to become a newborn baby again. You don't want to look at Jesus from a natural perspective and say, hey, it's not fair what you're telling me because what you have asked me to do is impossible. I cannot start over. From a physical perspective, how am I supposed to go enter again into my mother's womb? Be reborn. That is an impossibility, says Nicodemus. And yet Jesus says, ye must be born again. From a physical size perspective, it just doesn't seem right. From a timeline perspective, it doesn't seem right. I mean, 1952 or 53... 53. 1953 has been a long time ago. How are you going to go back to 1953 and start over again? All of those years between then and now are already done. I can't erase all that has happened. I can't pretend that the last 60 some odd years have not happened. I can't pretend that life didn't take place at this point. How am I supposed to go back and start over again from a physical perspective, from a timeline perspective? This is impossible. What are you saying to me yet? Jesus says, marvel not. Marvel not. What do you mean marvel not? I can't wrap my mind around this. I cannot conceive of how that I could be reborn. Jesus says, you're not thinking right. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. There is a natural birth or a, a physical birth. And then there is a spiritual birth. There is a birth of the spirit man. As surely as you have been born of the water that is of the natural man. You must also be born of the spirit that is of the spirit man. You need a new birth. You cannot erase the first birth. God is not asking you to, uh, my friends, somehow undo everything you done in life but he needs for you to have a reboot a new start a new birth you can't accomplish it for yourself it's not of the natural man it is of the spiritual man Christ wants to make you new not out here down in here he wants to make you new and unless you are made new on the inside you can't see the kingdom of God you can't enter the kingdom of God this is mysterious to Nicodemus. Nicodemus asks, how? How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb? How when he is old? How can this happen? How can this be? There is one thing we can say for Nicodemus. When confronted with the necessity of the new birth, he didn't say why. He didn't say why do I need to be born again? I'm a good fella. I have riches. I have uh, uh, religion I have the respect of others why do I need to be born again he didn't say that he just said how this is not rebellion this is confusion my friend he didn't see how it could be done this is the blindness of the lost man he's puzzled by the words of Jesus there is not an argumentative why but an astonished how that new birth was a mystery to him oh see how impossible it was 
Nicodemus had no idea what Jesus was talking about. And my friend, he had no idea what a new birth was. He knew nothing of a spiritual rebirth. But the Apostle Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. And my friend, this is the new birth. Christ makes you new in the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes out the stony heart and puts in a heart of flesh and of love. He changes who you are on the inside. I love the story of the miracle in Cana of Galilee. It's the first miracle Jesus did in his ministry. And he changes the water into wine. And he begins with six stone water pots. And he says, they've already got water in them. How much? We don't know. But he says, fill them up to the brim with water. And then he does a work in the water pots. And whenever he does, he changes the contents from water to wine. The miracle is not on the pot itself. The miracle is inside of the water pot. The water pots are made of stone. That's like this outer man. When I got born again, this outer man didn't change. Still made of the same stuff. Still the same nature. Still the same guy on the outside. But what the contents were in my life changed. He transformed what was on the inside of me. He did not do a work on the water pot, but in the water pot. Hallelujah. And that's what He wants to do in your life. It's the first miracle Jesus works in His ministry. And it is the thing he wants to bring about in your life a new birth, a new man on the inside. And it is a birth from God that brings this about. How impossible that it was. How desirable that it was. Amen. Verse number 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Nicodemus does not ask how can these things be because he doesn't believe it. He asks how can these things be because he wants it. He asks the Lord, all right, I'm, in, I'm believing you. I trust you. I, I know what you're saying must be right. How do I get it? Where do I go from here? What? It's the same question that the Philippian jailer asked the night of Paul and Silas. What must I do to be saved? How can these things be? Nicodemus wants the experience of the new birth. So again, he says how. This is not a a doubt. It is a desire. If a man asks why about salvation, he's in trouble. But when he asks how, then there's hope for him. The how suggests a longing and a need in his heart to be saved. What must I do to be saved? How can these things be? The must of the new birth, the mystery of the new birth, and I'm finishing with this this morning. The means of the new birth... Verse number 13, Jesus answers him, How? No man ascendeth up to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. The answer is not you getting to God, it's God getting to you. The answer is not you climbing Jacob's ladder all the way to heaven, but it is that I, who was already in heaven, Jesus says, have come down to where you are. He came down to my level when I couldn't get up to Him. When I could not come to where He was, 
He came to me. Oh, bless his name. And he gives him an illustration, one with which that uh, Nicodemus would be very familiar, being a ruler of the Jews, being one who was so well versed in the Old Testament. And he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus takes these next few verses to explain to him and to us how the new birth can become a reality in the life of the believer. There is the role of the Savior in this. In verses 13 and 14, the role of the Savior is to come down from heaven to where we are and then to be lifted up as it were the way Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. He came my friend from heaven to be like us and then to be lifted up on the cross and to die for our sins he left heaven took upon himself the form of a human body lived without sin died a horrible death upon the cross and Jesus was like that brazen serpent he came to be lifted up upon a cross and die in our place and I if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me Jesus said he came that we might live that's the role of the savior Jesus will, will explain to him, if you will have it, why Nicodemus was misguided on how he addressed the Lord in the beginning. He came saying, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. When Jesus gets done in verse number 13, 14, and 15, he realizes he's not just a teacher come from God. He's God the Son come to save sinners. Amen. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am chief. Verse number 15, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There is the role of the Savior in this new birth. There is the responsibility of the sinner in the new birth. What must the lost hell-bound sinner do to be saved? That whosoever believeth in him, verse 15, should not perish. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He that believeth on him is not condemned, verse number 18. This is the condemnation that is, uh, verse number 19, this is the condemnation the light has come to the darkness and men love darkness rather than light for the deeds were evil. Our salvation is in believing in him. Believe, just like these people in ancient Israel were bitten by fiery serpents. They had to look and live. If you need to be saved, look to Jesus. Receive His finished work at Calvary and the payment that He paid for your sins. And that's when you'll come to know the Lord. That's how you're saved. This morning, if you have never been born again, if you've never had a new birth, a rebirth experience in your life, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven like you are. You cannot... Enter the kingdom of heaven like you are. You cannot go to heaven in the shape that you're in. You're not doing good enough. You can't do good enough. You must be born again. But I'm going to tell you something. You can be born again. You can go to heaven without being baptized. You can go to heaven without partaking in communion. 
You can go to heaven without joining a church, without teaching a class, without singing a song, without giving a dime. But you cannot go to heaven without the new birth. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. I'm finished preaching. Please come with a song this morning. Today people sit on the pews. Many of you are not strangers by any means to the message of the gospel. You've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ over and over and over and over again. And I'm standing here today declaring nothing new to you, nothing to you that you have not heard time and again. Matter of fact, Brother John, I have taken texts like I take this morning and watched people who were saved sit in the back of the pews. <clears throat> Soon as what they realize that it's something familiar, start to yawn. Almost as if to say, I've heard this before, I don't need to listen. But I'm telling you, <clears throat> there are people in the pews of Baptist churches, this church and host of others, who have heard John 3 preached over and over and over and over again, and they've never been saved. And you can go to hell off a church pew just like you can go to hell off a bar stool. The same hell that the child molester, the thief, and the murderer burns in is the same hell that a church member burns in if they've not been born again. Marvel not that I say unto you, to you, not to strangers, to you, to those that I love, to the people that I know, to those who I know your faces and know your names. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Doesn't matter who your mama, who your daddy is, what your past is, good or bad, you must be born again. I remember sitting on the pew as a boy in church thinking to myself, boy, he's really preaching to them. He's letting them have it until the Holy Ghost made it alive to me. I thought that preacher was really letting them have it when he started preaching to me. I thought it was more than I could stand. This morning, it's not everybody else, it's you. You must be born again. It's not time to examine anybody else. I wonder in, who, I wonder in here who's saved and who's lost. Quit that foolishness. Think about this person. Where do you stand before God? I wonder if this person over there on the other pew is really saved or not. That's, now's not the time for that. Now's the time to say, where do I stand with the Lord? Do you have a new birth experience with the Lord Jesus Christ? I remember the old black preacher I preached with and I can't remember his name. He was quite the charismatic personality out there in Alabama as a young preacher man. Whoa, what a preacher. But he said, the first time I was born, mama told me about it. But the next time I was born, I told mama about it. Amen. I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. I have a new birth experience in my life. I know when I was born again. This morning, are you saved? Do you know for sure you've been born again in the family of Christ? If not right now and right here is the time and the place to get that corrected. Jesus is calling. Would you come? Everybody stand. Obey the Lord this morning. Do what God's laid on your heart to do. I've tried to preach to you the gospel. I've tried to be obedient to God. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I would ask you this morning to do the same. You're responsible for receiving the gospel. Sing for us when you're ready. 
Would you hear and receive with gladness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls? If you could know all there is to know and you could go everywhere there is to go and do everything there Except is the man to be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. But if you've never taken time to pray or known the joy of sins washed away, not, but I say unto you, he must be born again. Till it happens to you. It's not everybody else. It's you that I'm preaching to this no morning. Thank you. 